Welcome to another episode of the How to Save the World podcast, where we take a deep intellectual dive into the academic research and behavioral science of what really gets people to take a pro-environmental action and behavior. I'm your host, Katie Patrick. I'm an environmental engineer and a designer based in Silicon Valley, California, and I'm the author of How to Save the World and Zero Wasteify. If you haven't already, sign up to my website at katiepatrick.com to get more free resources about how you can apply gamification and behavior design to your environmental cause. The topic of the podcast thought of the day today is you've got to stop coming up with elaborate ideas for software and apps and games and startups and projects and conferences and festivals and all of this stuff before you've gone and built community and actually gotten people to take real action. So usually when somebody wants to do something interesting, something that's trying to change the world, they'll come up with this big idea. And sometimes the ideas are really elaborate and they'll cost millions of dollars and people are investing all this time. And if they do get some money, they're writing code and designing stuff and building websites and trying to get people involved and trying to build this like snowball of this thing. And then after they've built the thing or made some progress on it, then they're like, oh, now we have to get people to sign up. And then I don't think, unless you've done this before, anybody realizes just how difficult it is to build a following or to build an audience. So you've put all this work in, now you've got to sign people up, you know, you've got some friends that will, will share it around, but inevitably it's, it's a huge job to get out there and bigger than most people will realize. And then you've got people using it and then you realize this chicken and egg thing that people are using it you realize that you didn't quite design it right that all that doesn't work for that and you know we really should have done that better and if we were to do it all again we would have done it this way and once you've got all these people using it and the shape of it and the nature of it will change quite a bit and this is the bit that always drops off the end everybody just and i don't know why we all do this i mean i did this most of my life as well is that we just kind of assume that people will take real actions in the real world, they'll write letters, they'll start using going plastic free, they'll eat less meat, they'll put in some insulation or they'll get an electric car or whatever it is as a result of all of these projects. And they'll, people will be like, oh, yeah, we just put a link. You know, we've got this wonderful project, maybe it's even a museum experience. And, yeah, like here's like a link. And then and people don't go through that process. They don't really flesh out what is the action. Did the person do the action? Can we get a feedback loop of the action? And then what happens to the people? Do we just kind of sign them up and then they kind of disappear? Like what's the ongoing, you know, communication and community building experience of whatever it is you are building? So this is the general pattern. Come up with an elaborate idea, maybe build it if you can get funding, put a lot of work in then you try to get people to use it and then completely kind of forget and don't do the action design bit properly and tend to revel if it is successful in terms of getting people to adopt it or in getting media coverage. We revel in the amount of people that were involved, the signups, the media coverage. This could be called vanity metrics and tend to not focus so much on what the real, you know, the real action is at the very end and using that as your ultimate measure of success. Now, I've done this pattern most of my life, really. Everybody does it. I'm changing the way I do everything now. I think we've got to switch it all around. I think what we need to do when we have an idea or something that we want to build is just keep the idea as just a sketch because it really might change if it's a game or an app or a software or whatever it is. Just, just keep it sort of 
as a, a little illustration, a little hand-drawn illustration on a napkin. And what you want to do is just keep it as like a, a hand-drawn, like an illustration on a napkin. And then what you want to do first is build a community around a shared goal. Now, the goal is not the project. Like the goal might be, for example, to get rid of landfill or ocean pollution or zero waste living or whatever. That's the goal. But the kind of vehicle that gets you to that goal will probably change quite a lot. So people often are thinking about what the app or the project is. Just kind of forget that. Keep that on um, on, a, on a low burn, low burner. Not not a burner, not a gas burner. We're not using gas anymore. Just a just a sketch. And then really build a community around the shared goal, the vision. So you want to crystallize the vision. We want to live in a zero waste, plastic free, no trash community. That's the goal. And then try and sign people up who want to be part of that goal who share that vision would you like to join a community with me and we'll work together on a shared mission to get our community to zero waste that's an exciting goal it's an exciting vision and you're leaving it very open as to what the thing will be and you don't need to build software straight up and this is why it's totally different to the y combinator mvp startup model where they want you they want you to build software that is able to build an audience that can scale and then be able to sell to a larger software company but if we're in the job of trying to change the world, we actually have to achieve changing the world, not just build software. And software for software's sake, you know, like Gmail or, you know, enterprise software like Salesforce, it exists only to be software. Whereas all of us working in environment, like we exist to actually make change happen in the three-dimensional, real, natural and urban world. So it makes it very, very different. So we can't follow that start we really can't follow that startup model the, the way kind of silicon valley does it so what you want to be doing is not burying your head in in software and your ideas really illustrate the vision and build a community around the shared vision because when you get people working in a group towards a goal they will form with the shared vision they'll bond with each other humans bond in groups we are a group species when we come together with a shared goal there's an enormous power in, in human, human agency around that. And we're not islands, we work in a group. But the point I was trying to make was don't build software, use the software that's already there. We've got Zoom calls, we've got Slack channels, we've got Discord, we've got Instagram. We've even got just like email lists, right? Like you don't need to go really high tech with this stuff. Start building your community with the tools that are already there and start having a monthly Zoom call. Start getting people to chat with each other, start learning from people, have real conversations and build the marketing materials that will bring people to the vision. And this is what I've done with the Imagine Project and what I'm doing with Block Club, which is just putting a kind of a vision out there and some really nice marketing materials and landing pages. And then you start to practice. That is essential to really do first before you've built anything because you start to practice in what resonates with people. I was listening to a, a talk by the, the guy, Eric Rees, who wrote The Lean Startup. And one of his stories is that he spent like six months building some widget, some software widget. And, you know, the software programmers and everyone's like striving over it and they had money. They built this thing and then they started to, to put it out there and nobody wanted it. Like they could not get anybody to click on the ads. They couldn't get anybody to install it. Like even with a marketing budget, they just couldn't get people to sign on. So what he says is, and what is a better way to do it is to start to do the marketing first before you've built it. And it can even be like a coming soon marketing. Like, would you like to sign up for an early invitation to this thing? Or 
would you like to sign up to a group call or a, a guest speaker on a, like a group Zoom call about this topic? And I mean, if you can't get people to sign up to a landing page or to follow you on Instagram or to join a group Zoom, or you can give people free downloads, you can give people a free audio or a free PDF. This is often used in internet marketing. You know, get our free top 10 resources to, to do whatever. If you can't get people to sign up to that, like they're not going to sign up to the, like when you finished it, right? And it, it doesn't matter if like, it doesn't have to be done. Like you can make something look like it's about to launch or it's, you know, on the cusp of launching or, you know, you can even just totally fake it and make sure it's there and then be like, oh yeah, it's coming, coming soon, you know, build that community up and then you will get a sense of what resonates with people and just try slicing it and dicing it all different sorts of ways, different colors, different copy, different calls to action, different communities. And then, you know, see what happens with those, those people. And so, and the next bit of this that is really critical is I personally think now, this is my new test for myself and what I'm going to teach everybody who asks me for advice is that pass the real life human action test before you start building anything. So at this point, you should have a community, right? And I'm, it can be small. It can just be like 10 or 15 people that are going to be real fans of your not your actual project but the shared mission the two different things diehard fans of the shared mission and then you want to get them to do an action if it's something like zero waste they're probably already doing the action so you want to maybe find some people that are zero waste friendly curious and just practice trying to get people to do the action if it's trying to install solar go out and practice in real life it's trying to get people to do evs practice it if it's trying to get people to write a letter to a politician if it's trying to get people to plant vegetable gardens if it's even trying to get like a corporation to bring in a new policy this can be anywhere along the individual to corporate to schools to systems to government type of actions and behaviors whatever it is just practice trying to get it to happen and then when you do that first then you will realize what truly has to be built I see people build basically the same type of app over and over again, which is we want to build something that's going to help people take action. And they're just kind of like trying to be everything to everyone. Like here are all these little actions people can take and we want easy ones and we want hard ones. We want to meet people where they are. I kind of call it the, um, the green action, everything to everyone app. You know, I mean, this was my first app design as well, like 15 years ago. I was like, yeah, I'm going to build a community that's like jobs and real estate and green tips. And it's also going to be for corporations and it's going to show products. And this is a terrible idea. I built it. I had funding. It didn't work. Like it eventually died. And people just, it's almost like every week somebody contacts me with the same, the same app idea. I, I never find them exciting. Even if they have funding, like one or $2 million, like I know the path that all those type of apps and projects go and it's, it's always the same which is not not a great place people put all this work into something that doesn't really take off because it's not built around ultimately how you create action and you can't do all the actions you can't mix them all together and we're going to help everybody do everything just choose one if you're trying to get schools to catering to put less meat in school lunches just do that right that's one sliver of helping people go plant-based. It's not even plant-based, which is a, a huge thing to focus on. If you want to get plastic free, just work with restaurants, like restaurants using less plastic. Another, it's a tiny sliver. Just work on one sliver and then see if you can just practice. Think of it as this, as iteration, as learning, as design thinking, as human-centered design. 
You want to practice people doing the action. And you don't need to build any software or raise any money. You can do this on your own and you can even do it probably do it on the side of a, a, a paying job. Try to get five groups, five people, not five groups, five individual people to do whatever the ultimate action is. I think one of the best examples of where I've seen this issue of action fall off the cliff is the Lawrence Berkeley Lab rooftop heat map. The, um, it's called CARB, the California Air Resources Board, funded Lawrence Berkeley Labs to do this really excellent map box map project. What they did was got satellite imagery, or was it flyover imagery, of albedo. Albedo is the darkness or the lightness of a roof. If it's low, that means it's black or it has very low reflectivity. And if it's high, like it's up to you know 0.8 or 1, it means it's white. So basically what we want to have happened in, pla- in places that have hot summers is have all of the roofs to be a light color. And some of the roofs are black. Some of the roofs are made from shredded up car tires. I suppose it's good because it's recycled, I assume. All kind of dark colored tiles in some way. And they absorb a lot of heat and then that heat goes into the building. And a light colored roof can actually reduce the electricity consumption during summer by 40%. Like it's huge difference it makes just by having a light color. So they did all this work, all of this all of this processing of all of this, these images and then worked out the albedo of every single land parcel separately and put it on a map for, I think it was five major cities in California. So there was like LA and, you know, San Diego, all of the, all of the big ones. And it's really cool, right? So they did all this map. It was great, great product. So what is the point of doing this map-based project of roof albedo? Obviously the point is to get property owners to lighten their roof next time they they have a roof um they get a new roof they make sure they choose choose a cool roof or they hire a tradesman with the white paint and they they paint it there's literally like no reason to do this map for any other purpose than to get the roofs a lighter color that is its only reason why it exists it's so well done this thing but I had looked at their website like many times. And then one day, because <laughs> I was interested in heat islands and reading everything and looking for people to reach out to. And then one day I saw this link right down the bottom of the page and it said roof albedo map. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they even done like scientific papers on it of all of like the mathematics of how they figured it out. It was really deep and involved process. Basically almost impossible to find. Nobody's ever heard of it. But this is the thing. Like usually often these things aren't great at marketing. Fair enough. But the real purpose of this is to go to a property owner and get them to change their roof color. Let's say if that project had brought me on as a behavior designer to work with the team, I would say, let's not build any software. Let's not make any maps, do all this complex data processing yet. Let's start by do a little sample. And we could even probably do it by eye. Like we could probably just look at Google satellite view, right? We don't even need to do any fancy computer science on it. Let's go and look for a black roof and let's create some marketing materials or outreach materials about how to communicate with the property owner. It could be a commercial building. It could be a residential building. And let's just figure out how we actually get out to these people and have this conversation. How do we talk about it? Do we give them a, a comparison chart? Like your roof is 30% hotter than the roofs around you. And this could be increasing your air conditioning consumption by this much. 
should we create like a landing page? Should we do, I mean, how do we even get in touch with these people? Do we do it by door knocking? Do we send them a letter? Is there a way to get to the, to the city or the county land records to try to get to the property owner? And then just having that conversation with the attempt to cross the threshold of action. What am I calling it? Real, real world action threshold. I'm going to make an acronym. It's going to be a new design thinking thing. But could you get five property owners to actually change their roof? And then you've probably got to speak to tradesmen and then to the white roof paint people. And maybe the white roof paint people will sponsor you or the roof association. You've got to build all these relationships, do all this stuff. And then after you've done that, it will really make sense about how this project should unfurl, like what it should be. How much would it cost? What is the most direct way to get out to all these people for the the smallest amount of cost so you can efficiently move through a big city that has often hundreds of thousands? In LA, there's even millions of properties to get out to. And do you, you probably only want to get out to like the lowest, maybe 10%, the kind of worst performing areas. And then once you've done that, then you can look at the map and then be like, okay, now how do we do this? And that's a big process. That means that in terms of the way the budget was gotten, you're going to do it completely differently. It's not just going to be a computer science job and everyone's like, cool, done now, forgotten. (laughs) It'll be a real hands-on community-based marketing thing as well as the computer science. And when you do write the code, it'll kind of feed into an existing web of relationships and thing that is going on. So when you're having your projects, that's what you've got to do. Build a community of people. Get it to pass the real life action threshold. And that could take you a year or two. Like often these things take a long time to build. And then once you've, you'll have an insight, you'll be like, this is what I have to do. We actually really do need an app and it needs to be, the app needs to do this. And it will be a completely different idea to what you started with. Or we do need a game, but the game is going to be this type of thing, not that type of thing. And it will cast you out of these ridiculous apps I keep seeing all the time, which are trying to be all things to all people and they never work. So you can stop doing that and start getting very specific, very granular, very articulate in the type of impact we want to have. It's completely based on action, action first, action first, action first, action first. I tell you what, I have been building software that when you build software, a lot of it dies. It doesn't often work. You're making things and they're not going anywhere. Don't fall down the rabbit's hole of getting up every day and writing code and designing stuff and building community and talking to people and not actually making the change happen. Like if you're not holding someone's hand and leading them, like lead the horse to water, here's how you do it. About you're really focusing on the actions. I mean, you're just kind of working in like a, you know, like a thought bubble, really. I made this really cool zero waste game a few years ago that I hand coded with a friend and I put all this work into it. And it was, I mean, it was really fun. I loved it. I mean, it, it's gone now. We didn't maintain it. I wouldn't have done it the same way. Great learning experience. Would do it differently a second time. Uh, and I'd spent all this time like writing code and playing with the CSS and getting the copyright and all this stuff. I mean, if I had spent the same amount of time, like really helping people one-on-one to go zero waste, like hey, let's have a conversation. Let's do it. Let's catch up on Zoom. Let's have more groups. I I would have done it a bit of a different way. And all that time I spent writing code and designing was not actually, like in none of that time I was helping there be less plastic. There was no less plastic happening. So people can spend three years working on some elaborate change the world thing. And in that time, there's no houses going off gas, no solar panels being installed. They're not working on changing laws. They're just tinkering away on books and PDFs and code that often doesn't even go anywhere. 
right? So, so don't be that person. It's not saying that we shouldn't be designing things and writing code, but make it past the community and the real life action test first. And this is how I'm doing it from now on. I'm on, I basically am quitting building software now for a while until I can do it this way. This is how I'm building the imagination project. And this is how I'm building block club. There is no app startup or business. This is a mission and intention. The mission for the Imagine project is to imagine biophilic cities or urban spaces or anything kind of environmentally themed. Imagine what it would be in its utopian incarnation and then figure out how to make that happen in, in the real world. That is the only umbrella goal of this group or this movement. And I've got a whole bunch of ideas for how that could be commercialized into maybe apps or businesses that could be STEM, you know, under the umbrella. Unless I can actually get people, you know, to imagine spaces and actually make some real green walls or green roofs or urban redevelopments happen. I'm not going to try and come up with like a startup idea or start designing an app, you know, until I've at least gotten maybe like five green roofs like under my belt, like that, that I'm manifested to happen of my own work or somebody in my community. I helped kind of them manifest it. And the same thing with Block Club. Like, I have a kind of a sense of what it could be as a software startup, but first I've got to get people on, got to build the community, see if I can help real building owners, real homes and businesses get off gas, get on solar, switch to EV, go plastic free, start growing their own fruits and vegetables. This can be with government, with corporations, with schools, with individual homeowners. Unless I can start getting people to do that stuff, I'm not going to write a single line of code or promise any investor that I'm going to turn their million dollars into a billion dollars or whatever. I don't want to be sitting looking at CSS and JSON objects when I could be having real conversations with real people and actually be there with the tradie, you know, unscrewing the, the gas pipeline and taking it out and throwing it in the trash. I mean, you got to be like hands on with the real world action, be planting the tree, be putting the pick into the concrete. And some of you listening might already be doing this. Part of the reason I'm making this podcast is just to tell myself the same advice because I feel kind of like ashamed, like a bit of a loser that I've spent, been so devoted to this space my whole life, but yet I've failed at the really nitty gritty practical stuff to make it, make it happen. And now I see basically my own kind of like errors of thought of being so big picture thinking and not really granular make it happen at an individual property by property level. And I, now I just see so many people following the same kind of era of thought that I've made. This is the bonus of getting older. Now I'm 40. I've had 20 years of trial and error. And, you know, a lot of us follow the same kind of thought patterns. That's it. I'm going to stop talking now. I really hope this has been enlightening to you because I think it's like a really big deal. And it's really only been in the last few months that I feel the penny has really dropped for me on this stuff. Thanks for listening. I hope you get a chance to sign up to the Imagine Project at katiepatrick.com forward slash imagine. Thanks again, and I will see you next week. If you are enjoying this podcast and learning about the wonders of environmental psychology and gamification thinking, you might want to sign up to my monthly climate action design masterclass that I hold exclusively for people who support this podcast on Patreon. 
It's called Gamify the Planet, and in this Climate Action Design Masterclass, we are going to be learning about all of the things you need to do to break your project and your mission down so you make sure that people actually take action. We're going to be going through my signature behavior mapping process, which is something I do for all projects and all clients, where we systematically go through 100 different behavior, gamification, and marketing techniques that are proven to work with academic evidence. And we go through them systematically to make sure that you come up with an idea or a project that actually gets people to take action in a way that changes the numbers. We'll be taking a deep dive into techniques like storytelling, like how to make your ultimate TED talk or sales pitch, looking at how to structure levels into your mission so you have something that's like a beginner, a medium, and an advanced level for different types of people, looking at data feedback loops, how you can compare different organizations or people to different types of people, and just how to get the basic marketing and vision and landing pages and social media right. That's a huge part of trying to build a movement. The way to join is to go to my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Katie Patrick. I run this community through the Patreon website. It's actually a great website to use for building an exclusive community like this. Choose the Gamify the Planet tier and join me on this journey where I'll be really going deep into teaching all of these mechanisms that I've spent 20 years trying to master. If your headspace is just, you've got too much going on to, to learn something new or take on something, I get it. I've got at least five courses that I haven't even finished and about 23 books that I have to read. If you're not ready to take on a whole bunch of more training, but you'd still like to support the podcast, I would be delighted if you could chip in a few dollars a month to continue to support me to do this work where I take this deep dive into the intellectual, academic, environmental psychology to unearth all of these amazing findings and share it with you all who are in the trenches, in the field, implementing climate startups and climate policies and climate programs every day. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week with some more big, exciting insights into how to save the world.